BS Free Witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Any superstitions going into the game? Any special thing you carried into the game on Sunday that you had tucked away somewhere? Uh, I did. <laughs> I always... Um, you know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years. She's so about the power of intention, you know, and believing things that are really going to happen. And she always makes a little altar for me at the game because she, she just wills it so much. And uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. And she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes. And I say all these mantras. And I stopped it, questioning her a long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listened. Welcome to BS Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and what you just heard was a clip from a 2019 interview with Tom Brady, uh, where he's talking about all of the fun crystal rituals his wife Giselle makes him do regarding his football career. Because that's right. We're finally we're finally doing the crystal episode, guys. We're we're finally doing an episode on crystals. It it had to happen sometime, right? Like it's a witchcraft podcast. Crystals are a massive thing in the modern witchcraft movement. Well, at least in the last half dozen years. And uh I mean it's always been a thing, but I feel like it's become more of a thing. In at least within the last decade than it used to be. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's just more of a matter of fact. Or at least the the crystal component has gone much more mainstream from the modern witchcraft movement than it used to be. And we're gonna talk about it, I guess. Look, I'm gonna be blunt with you guys. This might not be the episode about crystals you expected. <laughs> I mean if you know me well enough, this this might be the episode you 100% expected from me, but, um, yeah, this is, this is going to be a thing, because we're not going to be talking about, like, fun uses for crystals, we're not going to be talking about various correspondences, uh, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk a little bit about the, uh about how crystal magic kind of made its way into the modern witchcraft movement. And then and then we're going to talk about the bad stuff. I'm just going to say ahead of time there is a massive content warning on this episode and uh it's bad. It's bad. It's not necessarily bad. I mean, uh, the, the good news, bad news, spoiler, uh, too long, don't want to listen, is that uh doesn't have to be bad. But in many ways, it currently is. So, yeah. Let's talk about crystal magic. Now, crystal magic has origins um, all over the place. It's 
using um, stones of various kinds in magical capabilities, crystals especially, comes from a number of places. Uh, the Sumerians uh, have one of the earliest historically documented use of crystals in around 4500 to 2000 BCE. It's also Plato in his account of Atlantis uh, mentions crystal healing. We also find uh, crystal healing tied in through besides like Sumeria, which is in Mesopotamia um, and in Greece. We see it in ancient Egypt, which is also in that region. And we see it in ancient Rome. We also see it in places like India. And then we also see it in um, like the the we see it in Native American groups like the Hopi um, in Arizona, like, and the ancient Greeks like they they use crystals a lot. It's the the word crystal itself is derived from the Greek word krystalos, uh, which translates to ice. Um, the Greeks believed that things like uh, clear quartz were water that had frozen to the point where it would remain in that way forever. Um, like an amethyst literally uh, in ancient Greek means to like not get drunk and it was worn as a hangover aid according to some sources so like the, the use of, of crystals in healing has like a lot of different places but you mostly see this you mostly see this in regions around the Mediterranean um along with uh, India, and you also see it in, obviously, the Americas. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that while that's really where crystal magic came from historically, in the modern witchcraft movement, we see uh, crystals being used by a lot more people than that. Like, you'll notice not on that list was... Norse, like the Germanic tribes, and and people like, uh, yet I know many a Norse heathen who uh, will use a ton of crystals in their uh, witchcraft if they do witchcraft. Um, it's really common. <laughs> and you might be asking yourself, how the heck did it go from being this like like, obviously, like, a Hellenic pagan using crystals makes perfect sense in line with their, you know, their history. You know, it's like another group's foot. But why would, why would heathens do it? Why would, like, why do we see this in such a universal thing across the modern witchcraft movement, regardless of the origins of our witchcraft? Like... If we are, if someone's, you know, why do I even see people who claim to be reconstructionists of traditions that would never have used crystals suddenly have, like, a whole bunch of shiny rocks? Well, a couple of answers to that question. The first answer is that shiny rocks look cool and we all like shiny rocks. It's, that is, that is an undeniable, indisputable... <laughs> truth about a lot of the listeners of this show um myself included i'm i'm not gonna lie that is that is also true about me but 
the other main reason is a little something we don't always like to talk about, and that's the New Age movement. The New Age movement. The New Age movement really started in the 1970s, and it came out of the same elements that led to the popularity of the modern witchcraft movement. While I argue that the modern witchcraft movement is separate from the New Age movement, the fact is they came up at the same time amongst the same people, and there's a lot of crossover. The fact is we all know New Agey witches. We have all met plenty of New Agey witches. We have all been driven nuts by New Agey witches. <laughs> um... And I don't know if you've noticed this, but the New Age movement tends to be pretty problematic. There is a lot of cultural appropriation from groups and filing the numbers off and misinformation and just, just terrible stuff. Um, like, I, I mentioned briefly earlier that India was one of the places that, uh, that Crystal you know, crystal and ceremony and things like that got used and crystal healing and things like that. Um, like in the Vedic texts, um, in the Garuda uh, Purana and the Graha Gokara, there, there is like a bunch of information on the importance of, of crystals in Indian culture. And, you know, I could read you a Wikipedia article, but, you know, I'll let you look that up. It's, you could just, it's there. Um, and here's the thing about the New Age movement. That's one of their favorite places to just take shit and uh, file the numbers off of and mistranslate and misappropriate and just, like, just absolutely just fully take from. Um, same when it comes to Native Americans. Uh, taking stuff from Native American tribes is a favorite thing for middle-class white New Agers to do. And, uh... You know, because those very things that the U.S. government punished people for practicing, if you're actually a member of those tribes, it's very trendy for then a white person from the suburbs to go do themselves. That is... That's just depressing. But, yeah. A lot of the crystal usage and a lot of the popularity of crystals comes from blatant cultural <laughs> appropriation by the New Age movement. Now, that's not to say that your use of crystals is culturally appropriative. I am not saying that at all. It's, it is per you, everyone, rocks are rocks. You're allowed to use rocks, um, both shiny and not shiny, um, the important thing, though, is that it, uh, when a person uses crystals in their witchcraft, it's it's more so looking at where does, am I doing something that is culturally appropriative with it, right? Like, am I using this in a way that, like, am I using this in a way that would not be open to me otherwise? It's, think of it this way, um, it's not that you have the stone, it's what you do with the stone in this case, and, and it's, if you're looking at, like, spellcraft, if you're looking at rituals that involve a crystal, and you're doing that, you need to evaluate this like any other witchcraft source. You need to say, who is this author? 
first off, where did they get this information? Is this something that they invented? Is this something that they got from somewhere? If it's something that they got from somewhere, did they cite it? What is the path of the origin of this ceremony thing, etc.? And so, like, it's... Because, again, there are plenty of open cultures. You know, obviously, you know, it's crystals in, in, in use for this stuff, like, Hellenic paganism is open to people. So you can still do things in a perfectly respectful way that's not culturally appropriate. You just have to understand the origins of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And the problem is, is that a lot of New Age literature has gone out and completely obscured this. So it's, it, is, it is something that it is a challenge and it makes it harder for us. But I think it's important that you put in the work um, obviously if it's like a spell that you've created yourself and, a you know, something that you've invented from whole cloth, you're probably fine. But if you're, if you're using something from a source, you should need to really look at the origins of that source and whether or not it's, it's an okay thing to do. It's, I don't want to make you feel bad. I just think it's important that we evaluate and, and look at what we're doing with the things that we have. Now, that's what you do with the crystals you already own. So one of the biggest challenges with uh, the popularity of crystals exploding is that, uh, obviously, supply rose to meet demand. And when supply rose to meet demand, it didn't necessarily do it in the most... Um, in the most ethical way. There's a real human cost to a lot of the crystal market. And I think that, I definitely think we need to talk about that because crystal mining is a very bad place in a lot of the world. And this is where our content warning kicks in. We're going to be talking about Violence. There's going to be a mention of sexual assault. Not a, just, not an in-depth one. Just like a sentence, and there is going to be um, a mention of child labor. There are ethical crystal mines in this world. There are. There are many. But the problem is, you go into a crystal shop, a new age shop, a witch shop, and there are just crystals for sale. And there's not an ounce of information about where they come from. And I think it's very important that you ask a shop owner, if you're going to buy a crystal for them, where they sourced these crystals. Now, they might not be able to tell you. They might tell you a wholesaler. And then we're stuck researching the wholesalers. But this is my request to people who sell crystals. Know where your crystals come from. Know where they were mined. If you can't find that information, it's probably not from somewhere good. A lot of crystals are exported from countries without the best labor laws. Let's take, for example, Madagascar. Madagascar exports a lot of crystals. It's one of the poorest countries in the world, but not a lot of mining companies operate there, though. Most of the crystals from Madagascar are mined by hand, so-called artisanal mines. 
Anjoma Ramartina is a collection of villages that sits near one of Madagascar's largest deposits of rose quartz. In 2019, Tess McClure of The Guardian went there and wrote an article about it. In this article, McClure wrote, It is a day's drive from the capital city of Antananarivo. The further you travel from the capital, the greater the security risks. Large swaths of territory are described as red zones, considered unpoliceable by state forces. Rural villages often face raids from armed gangs known as Dahalo, who steal cattle, sometimes killing, robbing, or raping villagers. In January, the week we traveled in Anjoma Ramartina, three men armed with machetes were killed in a clash with village police. Do not travel or go out at night, people warned. Drive in convoy. Stay off the roads after 5 p.m. Most homes in Anjoma Ramartina have no electricity, no running water, no phone or network connections. Malnutrition is common. According to the World Bank, about 80% of those outside Madagascar cities live below the $1.90-a-day poverty line. Health researchers found around half of parents in Anjoma Ramartina had lost at least one infant child to illness or hunger. As we made our way out there, the driver noted that the road had recently been sealed, a vast difference from the deeply potholed gravel near town. This is one of the best roads I've seen here, he laughed. Here in Madagascar, the road only gets made when there is something they want to get out. In a cool, dark room in the town council hall, Manny Jean Rahan Drinamaro, the deputy mayor of Anjoma Ramartina, sunk into a black vinyl couch. Crystal, amethyst, rose quartz, he said. Everything except sapphires and rubies we mine here. He placed a few stones on the wooden table in front of him, polished clear quartz and purple amethyst. He estimated that from a population of about 10,000 people, up to a quarter of locals now depended on the mines for some income. Between two and four men died each year in the crystal pits surrounding the village, he said. Only two last year, but often it was three or four. I will link this article um, in the show notes, and I recommend that you read it. Because the Madagascar mines are especially dangerous. Um, besides landslides, people working the mines are at a much higher increased rate of lung cancer due to inhalation from fragments of quartz from mining. And it gets worse. The U.S. Department of Labor and the International Labor Organization estimate that in the Madagascar mines, there are about 85,000 children working. 85,000 children. And it's just, I, th I think it's important that people remember this. Like, because as we're, like, going about our day, like, we go and we, we, we scroll across social media and we see people pulling out crystals and talk about, like, you know, the crystal hall this week on TikTok. And it's just... How many of these people know where the crystals they bought came from? How many people know that, that there's this cost to what they're doing? How many people realize 
that where like how many people realize that they may not have something that was ethically sourced now I don't want you to feel bad for a crystal that you already own that's something you own it's not doing any additional harm sitting on your shelf I don't want you to feel guilty about it this is not this episode is not meant to make you feel bad about what you like like about things you already own like there is if you don't know where that crystal was sourced there is a chance it was sourced from somewhere ethically however I know that a lot of you listening to this show are probably going to buy another crystal right because again we all like shiny rocks they're neat but what I'm asking you to consider is the next time you go out and you buy yourself a piece of quartz or whatever it is you're looking for is ask yourself where did this stone come from where did this crystal come from Because if you look at that low price tag, understand that sometimes there was a real human cost that came with it. I've been putting off this episode. I didn't want to make this episode, but I needed to make this episode. It's... And again, I want to remind you, there are ethically sourced crystal mines out there. There are places with good working conditions. There are places that are where workers are. I mean, mining is always risky no matter what, but there are there are places that like have safety standards and are ethically sourced and people are paid well. Like the, this is all it is possible to buy a crystal ethically. You can get that shiny rock and not feel bad about it. Don't worry, that exists. But what's important is that, like, so this is my challenge to shop owners. Where are you getting your supplies? Who are you sourcing it from? And yes, does it mean that you might have to charge more for crystals to get them from an ethically sourced vendor? Yeah. But. But you still need to, like, we need to make that effort and put that in. I don't know. I don't like doing harm, but I'm a Wiccan. What do I know? Um, it's just, it's so important. I don't, I don't think that most people think about this. And we have to remember that crystals, things like this, these are completely optional parts of our lives. Like, I understand that functioning under capitalism sucks. And that sometimes we have to buy the food from places, that, like our food from places that don't necessarily like have the best working conditions for the people. Because that's the food that we can afford and we need to eat. 
Like, that makes sense. But this is... These are not items that we need. So I'm saying, if you're going to buy an item that you don't need, a luxury item, please put in the work to make sure that it comes from somewhere safe. Because there are, again, plenty of ethical crystal mines out there in this world. Make sure that what you buy is sourced from one of them. Because, and if you can't find out where something is sourced from, odds are they're hiding that information for a reason. But that's just me. That's just my opinion. <laughs> oh boy. So, um, sorry if that got a little depressing here. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it kind of had to, had to happen. I, now I have to find a way to, 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 to go into the outro and that's just hard. That's going to wrap up this episode for this month. Um, I guess now I'm going to plug my TikTok. Remember that this show is brought to you by the uh, wonderful support of my Patreon patrons. Uh, if you want to support this show, uh, go to patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And supporting this show for even a dollar a month will get you access to these episodes a whole week earlier. You could have been depressed a whole week earlier than this. <laughs> Um, I want to give a shout-out to people at the shout-out level of uh, Stephanie Graves, Mary Stoll, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, Courtney, Amber Schmidt, Isabella Guerra, an Echo of Truth, and Kaichi. And um, remember, if if you can't support the show financially, I understand. Just please share this show with everybody you can. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your friend's mom. Tell your friend's dogs. Just everybody on the street. Tell your enemies. Just... I don't, they don't have to like you to listen to me. Um, <laughs> remember, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. I'm on Tumblr at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. And I am on TikTok at uh, TikTok. My TikTok username is T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. If you want to follow the show on Facebook, you can follow it at Facebook.com slash BS Free Witchcraft. Please use that official page. Don't try to find me on Facebook. It's really weird when people do that. And pretty much you can assume that if I'm saying this in an episode, it means someone tried to do it recently. And don't. That's where I talk to my mom. Um, <laughs> but I love you guys. You know, you're my magicians. And remember that this is a part of the um, Nerd and Tie podcast network. Uh, remember, if you want probably a more fun episode about witchcraft to listen to, uh, check out Hex Positive. Bree took a little bit of a hiatus where she was putting up content featuring other people for a couple of months, but but she's back. And uh, the Witchways mid-month episodes are resuming as well. So, and uh, Bree's a secular witch, and it's a really fun, really fun show. And you should listen to Hex Positive because it's neat. And you can find uh, information on how to follow that show at nerdtie.com slash hex. Remember, you can always find uh, subscription links and everything for the show at bsfreewitchcraft.com or at nerdandtie.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. And I don't know. I'm exhausted, but we're going to move forward because we're brave. Because we're not going to be chickens. We're going to be magicians. 
No, that was a weird way to end the show. It's a weird episode, guys. I'm I'm fine. <laughs>